Yep, raise your hand if you need one of those. <sighs> Wonderful. My name is Adam. I am Julie's husband. It is a good title in life. Um, third week of Advent, and uh, it's so good to be together. Um, this, this time of year, every year, is a time where we enter into the joyful anticipation and expectation of a new beginning of God coming into the world. We live in a beautiful world that is broken. And every single one of us just wants to be loved deeply, and we make a big mess of it. Can anyone resonate? We so want to be loved. That's what it means to be a human. And we make a mess. And the story of Christmas every year is that we have a God who came into our mess, who loved us enough to come be with us in our mess and be broken by our brokenness to make us beautiful and whole, to live the life we couldn't live, to actually embody our brokenness to the point of death on a cross. So he, with his own blood, could purchase a people, sacred and true, called the church, the family of God, this 2,000-year tradition. And the scriptures say that love was stronger than death, and the grave couldn't hold him, and he rose from the dead, and he conquered death, and so death is not the end of this story. Love and hope are the end of this story. And it says he ascended to the right hand of the Father where right now he is seated with a big smile on his face over you and over me. And he reigns and he rules to bring the whole earth in its beauty and brokenness into a wonderful new creation. But when he ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit and he entrusted this beautiful but broken church, this body, to faithful family leaders. They're called elders. And 1 Peter 5 says it, I think, as well as anywhere in the scriptures. There's loads of places you can go. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't leave us without a faithful dead spot stewardship. A faithful stewardship. I want to read 1 Peter 5, 2 through 4. Be shepherds of God's flock. It's under your care. Watch over them, not because you must, but because you're willing. As God wants you to be. Why? Because God is the God who cares for us. God is our shepherd. God is willing to watch over our lives. He goes on to say, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. What does our life look like? And when, now check, this is crazy. This is the last part of the gospel. I haven't told you yet. And when the chief shepherd appears, the one who's seated at the right hand of the father, who entrusts his blessed, broken, given body to these faithful but also flawed human leaders, that chief shepherd is going to come back to the earth. Oh, what a day. 
And when the chief shepherd appears, he says to these family leaders called elders, you will receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. And it's amazing because we know what those elders do. They take that crown of glory and they throw it down at the feet of Jesus over and over. And they say, you're worthy of all the glory. Even as God tries to honor these family leaders, they won't stop throwing down their crowns at the feet of the worthy Jesus. The reason the church exists is that Jesus would be worshipped in all the nations of the earth. He is worthy. Listen to this cry. May the Lamb of God who came into the mess of this earth, that's what Christmas is about, receive the reward of his suffering. Can we say it together? May the Lamb of God receive the reward of his suffering. Let's say it one more time. May the Lamb of God receive the reward of his suffering. When you're tired and you wake up and you don't want to go to that boring job that you have. You're going to give glory to God. May the Lamb of God receive his reward from your life. When your kid throws another tantrum or wakes you up in the night, I mean, how many parents in here didn't sleep last night? I know. Okay, yeah, we've got hands already coming up. The Lamb of God is worthy of that worship when you are kind to them and you love them. All of life is the reward of Jesus. And he gives us elders. And uh, we describe elders at Nava like this. Elders are the joyful, sacrificial, and willing leaders who prayerfully, that's really key, oversee, teach, and shepherd their family first, and then God's family, a prayerful family on mission. And they do so always looking at the chief shepherd to make sure they're in line with his heart and his ways. It's beautiful. Now, For the last many years, the core team at Nava has functioned as the elders of this family. That's Katie Egley, who's over here. Wave your hand, Katie. Graham Cato, who's back there. Graham, we love you. Thank you. Julie, my wife, who was just up here. I don't know where she's disappeared. She's back there serving. Thank you. Always. David. Right here. No one knows who David is. These, along with myself, they have loved the church that Jesus bought with his own blood. They have served. They have looked to Jesus for leadership. They have laid down their life for the flock. Friends, I honor you with all my heart. Yes. I can't imagine having walked through all of the trial, pain, joys, all the stuff without you. This church is a reflection of your love, of your time, of your prayers, of your health. Thank you for the way that you've honored and served. You are my dearest friends. Um, Nava also has a translocal oversight team. What does that mean? Those those are fancy words. It means moms and dads who don't live in Kansas City, who are given to love the eldership of this church well by knowing the names of our children, 
by loving us more than what we can do or produce, by keeping us in line when we need our butts kicked, according to the scriptures, (laughs) by encouraging us when we want to quit and give up. And for 16 years, this oversight team of seven has done that for us. Sadly, not every one of them could be here tonight. We have four. We've got Roger Nix, who's here with his leg propped up. He's going to be preaching later. I'm so excited for Roger. He's the shepherd of shepherds. I love you, Roger. We've got John Peterson, or also known as the Oge or OG, Japanese-born spiritual father who has laid his life down for us. The whole history since we were 20 years old has fathered and walked with us. We've got Joe Stanky, who will be leading commissioning later on. And uh, we're so thankful for you, Joe, the way seven years he and his wife lived and actually laid their life down locally for us, have now transitioned to Wisconsin. And Craig, where's Craig? Craig, there you are. Craig, Craig, oh man. Craig, Craig is my, actually my spiritual director. Would you look at a guy like that and think spiritual director? No, you would not. But he makes me cry on a regular basis in the presence of the Lord. Um, I'm so thankful for this oversight team. And about um, two years ago, they started to say, in light of the reformation God is doing with Nava and the ecosystem and the home churches that are multiplying in regions and the way that you're living family, we feel like it's time for you to expand your eldership and include non-vocational elders. And um, they felt that that would help strengthen us and serve us, and it would be a key element to the ecosystem of the kingdom of God that we're believing for people to follow Jesus and new followers of Jesus to be made and for us to be formed into his image. We don't want a church that doesn't look like a family because we have a God who's a father. And so we want wise, healthy family leaders that can steward that process. And so we started asking the Lord, Um, over the last few years, open our eyes. Show us the ones who the apostle Peter describes, the ones that Jesus is looking for, who were by no means perfect, but who whose children testify of their character because you see it in their lives and and who lay their lives down with care and who are able to equip and train and teach and preserve. The ones who, who, you know, they're the ones serving when no one's looking. They're the ones spending the extra hours healing marriages. They're the ones, how do you know an elder? They eld. You recognize it. You you see it. You it 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 hits. It would have to just hit you upside the head. It's so obvious, right? It it's plain. It's in plain sight. And so we've been asking the Lord, open our eyes, and it's become increasingly evident who those people are. And about six months ago, we entered into a very intentional discernment process in which we were praying with our oversight and getting their input because that's what we read in scripture, that the translocal team helped local churches install family leaders called elders, right? Is that what we, that's what you read through the book of Acts. It says everywhere Paul and Barnabas went, they entrusted family leaders called elders. They established the strength of the church through the wise guidance of eldership. 
And so we've been consulting our oversight and, and bringing names before them and having dinners with, you know, they're, they're hanging out with them and getting to know and watch and look and observe and praying with us. And, and then we entered into a very intentional invitation process with seven people. And uh, we actually asked them about their lives and their history and their rule of life and how they steward their hearts and their emotions and their relationships. And we got to talk with them, you know, and go through that process. And then we asked those that they had led, how is their leadership in your life? And then we checked it in with our 60 home church leaders, like, okay, do you have any red flags? Is there anything here? And so through this long process, and we gave invitation to seven beautiful leaders. And um, it's amazing. All seven of them said yes. I really didn't think that was going to happen. These people have like really demanding jobs like in the city where they're caring at high levels for people, demanding jobs, serving nations, literally, and various things. And I was, I was, I'm not so much of a betting man, but I wasn't going for more than 50%. I was like, I don't think we're going to get more than 50. And all seven came back and said, we feel this is, this is the Lord. This is his heart. And, um. I want to, I get to welcome them up. And so you already have a nice little printout. We, we knew we couldn't say everything, but we want you to get to know these people more. Many, many of you already know them because they're in your life and your home churches and around. But we want to make sure you left with something in your hand, a picture and a bio. And I know it's geeky to kind of cry at bios, but when I read them all together, I was like, what in the world are you giving us, God? Who have you placed in the midst of this church? Guys, I'm pinching myself that the Father has given us such beautiful leaders. And I'm, I'm quite possibly going to cry because, I mean, honestly, some of these leaders, I wouldn't have even made it through the last two years without them. Literally, I'm looking, okay, I always cry when I look at Lori. So, um, who have just loved us? encouraged us, laid our life down. They've done that for our team. They've done that for this body. This is not some leadership formality. These are people in whom we love and trust. And I can't believe that we get to be a new team together. And so I want to welcome all seven of these new Nava elders up to the front right now. Here, move this way so you're in line. Here we go. So, um, yeah, we, we wanted you to hear a little bit of their heart. This is most of our gathering, although Roger's going to come and share a beautiful message with us about love and Advent, which I think is the perfect Advent theme. The, the love of God is to give us people. There will never be a better gift that you get than people, right? And there's no greater manifestation of God the Father's love than to give us people. And these people are God's love to me, and I believe they're God's love to our body. And so we ask them, just share for a minute or two so the body can hear a little bit of your heart. What's in your heart for the Nava family? So I'm going to turn it over to Tim Gadu, which is also always a little bit of a dangerous thing to do. So here we go. Thank you, Ed. 
What Adam uh, shared in uh, honoring the existing elders, the five that are mentioned there, I want to just acknowledge as well. Um, their authenticity, their vulnerability in sharing their own lives, um, their commitment to unity, they're demonstrating the fivefold gifts and embodying that and promoting that, women in leadership, um, and also not taking themselves too seriously, just having fun, you know? Leaders that have fun reproduce that, and it's, it's uh, honoring and humbling to be invited into um, this newly expanding team. Um, and I believe that uh, it's, it's an Isaiah 54 experience for us, but for all of us, wherein God is uh, lengthening the cords and strengthening the stakes and uh, expanding the boundaries of what he wants to do with all of us. Uh, and we get to be a part and serving in that and see him go uh, throughout Kansas City and beyond uh, north and south, east and west. So thank you. And he stayed on track. Oh, no puppets or flannel graph, yeah. Um, I just, Nava for me has been home um, from the minute I walked in the door. And I love so many of you who I've had the privilege of getting to know well. And I think one of the things that I love the most about Navaites, I'm gonna create a word. Navaites. Those of you who are willing to worship him for who he is and not just for what he does, um, who are faithful in trial and trouble. You know, this young body, this small body has had so much loss and so much hardship. And I have been just astounded at the faithfulness of individuals to worship their king and to let him make something beautiful out of the mess, out of the brokenness. And so I just, um, I'm so encouraged that I get to be in this place in this season for such a time as this, to be an encouragement to you and um, to partner and walk alongside in a different, little different role, but really kind of doing the same thing we've always done. So we love you. That's good. Thanks, Lori. Yes. It's the real deal. You never want to follow. Such an honor to uh, be on this team. Such an honor to be a member, a contributing member of this church with you. And um, I think the, the one thing, the main thing, there's a lot of things in my heart tonight for Nava, but the main thing that's on my heart tonight is my hope and my confidence in you. My hope and my confidence in you to be the church not just to do church things, we've all done church things. We've all prayed, we've all have relationships, we all do good things, but it's, my, it's in my heart for us tonight is my hope and confidence in us together to live out prayerful families on mission that multiply. 
Because these three things, prayerful, all of life in God's presence, family, all of life with God's people, mission, all of life with God's passion, we can do each of those things individually. But as we integrate those together, prayerful families on mission together, friends, the synergy there is the kingdom of God in our communities. And so my hope and my confidence tonight is you, the spirit of God on your lives. His desire is to see that happen for you. And if anything tells us that we can't do that, they just haven't talked to Jesus because his opinion isn't different. He thinks that we can because it's him that builds the church. So it's just, it's my honor to serve with these weirdos and the pre-existing weirdos and to be a family of weirdos. Anyway, so thank you very much. Let's have some fun. Yeah, it's just um, an honor to be up here tonight, and um, it was hard to think of just one thing that's on <laughs> my heart for Nava, but um, I was drawn to the scripture, Romans 8, 11, that says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and I was drawn to Nava because they're um, not they anymore. I'm, I've been here five years. <laughs> I think that just says that I still am in awe that God brought us here. Um, but I was drawn to Nava because they are we are people of the word and we are people that follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that includes everybody because of this, what it says in the scripture, that he lives within us. And so what's just been on my heart today, thinking about tonight, is um, just encouraging us to continue to live with the written word as well as the spoken word through the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking, I was trying to think of an image, and I I just saw an image of all of us kind of carrying the Holy Spirit within us, and then we were all together, and we kind of threw it into this fire, and it got just bigger, (laughs) and it was a light unto the city, and to our neighborhoods, and to people that don't know the Lord yet. So not only does the Holy Spirit live in us, but he lives in us, and we get to encourage one another and um, press in to hear what he's saying for us as a body as well as us for individuals. So lean in and listen because I think he's got a lot more to say to us this year. So thank you. All right. Uh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus, and uh, that's why I love Nava, is because the Fab Five that we had was able to bring us into a place where we just follow Jesus. We hear from Jesus, we do what he says. We follow the clouds, we follow the cloud. We do all sorts of things that Jesus says, and that means that we are a people of Jesus. And so for all of Nava, my heart for all of Nava is first and foremost, we know who we are. We know our identity. We're all sons and daughters. And that because we're sons and daughters, we actually can hear well. We can get to the ear and the mouth of the, of the Lord, and he could speak, and we could do what he says. And when we can do that, we could actually transform the world. And we could go out and we could see new people come to know their identity and their purpose to worship Jesus, to enjoy him forever. And for us, as we integrate our faith into everything that we do, 
that we don't play church, but we are the church and we are the body as we go out. The sky's the limit because we're going to transform the world because Jesus is the center and he is the one that we follow and he is the one that is leading every single step of our journey. Hi, I'm Meredith. This is Joshua. Um, when we came back to the U.S. about four and a half years ago from the mission field, we had been working in the Middle East, and we had been baptizing Muslims, uh, Syrian refugees. And um, a part of me, you know, really mourned that when we got back here. Um, but about two years ago at a Nava retreat, somebody said to me, the Lord says you have an inheritance in the nations but first, I have an inheritance for you amongst the nations here in Kansas City. And I want you to receive that inheritance. And I believe that that's not just for me. I believe that's an inheritance that is beginning to emerge across Nava. Um, I joined, when we started home churches, me and Joshua and Rob and Patty joined together. We're like, we're the nation's people, right? And then all of a sudden I realized there are nation's people all throughout this room and throughout every single home church. And especially over the last year, it's been amazing to see how people have stepped up to love on refugees, the Afghans that have recently come. People have volunteered to help when we were reaching out to other refugees this fall. And I think that Jesus is gonna bring many people from the nations, but especially refugees into the kingdom. And he's gonna use Nava because these people have lost their home and we can bring them home. Um, and just like we've sent Rob and Patty out, um, and they have planted a church that is now multiplying with Algerian refugees, I believe that we all have an inheritance with the nations here in Kansas City. So I am excited to see that come to reality in the next few years. I've appreciated the elder process. These one to two minute exercises have been really helpful for me. Good practice in brevity, synthesize, you know, but if you ask for coffee now, just strap in. It's gonna be a good 30, 45 minutes of Lord knows what. But um, anyway, as I look around, I'm just, just thinking of Deuteronomy 32. It says God's people are his portion. Jacob, his allotted inheritance. And I just am so honored to be with friends and fathers and mothers to steward the most precious thing to the Father. You're not an assignment for us. You are the highest treasure of heaven. And it is such a privilege to steward and serve you. And I really couldn't think of anything else that's in my heart is to continue to, to learn what it is to serve and love you well, to listen to be present, to just mine out the gold, whatever Jesus has put in you and the us, that we would help just breathe on that and watch him spread that all over this city. It's such a high honor. I think for me, as I was thinking, you know, I don't think I would want for this beautiful family any more or less than what I've come to want for myself. And I shared it with leaders maybe a week ago as, as both your fellowship with the Lord and our formation into his image more and more, that we would enjoy him as an us, that we would become more like him more and more as we say yes to him. It's a great privilege. And thank you so much, friends and team, for inviting us into this.
Yeah. See what I'm talking about? They're amazing. Really, really amazing. Um, so excited for the gift that God is giving us all. Um, on Thursday night in this room, we had a longer space and time, uh, just a few of us with our oversight, in which we got to pray for them and commission them and give great gifts. Uh, had a beautiful meal together, and the Holy Spirit showed up in this room with encouragement. I mean, profound prophetic encouragement over their hearts and their lives and their callings. Um, but, but that's not actually enough. We can't, this isn't about doing it in a private room because all of our lives are going to be about doing it amongst the family, being with and amongst, and that is who they have been. Um, I want to call up um, those who have historically been on the core team serving as elders to join these new elders. Um, if you guys could come up and join now. Um, it's appropriate to give these guys one more round of applause. They're amazing. And um, I want to explain an intentional transition. A part of this ecosystem, which I got to go around all fall and talk house to house to house and have conversations about what does it look like to see home churches in every region, prayerful family on mission multiplying, and what would a relational network of leaders look like that serves? And the whole idea of an ecosystem is there's no center where all the life is generated from in an ecosystem. The only way that it's generated from is from God, right? And an ecosystem is interdependent parts that need one another. And life can come from anywhere in the body because the spirit is in the body, right? And so as a part of this ecosystem and this leadership process, we want to officially retire a term which has been in existence for the whole of Nava. And that term has served us well, has been appropriate to the season of pioneering, but we are not in that season anymore. And that term is core team. Core means that life comes from a center or a, a middle place, right? And I believe that in many seasons, God has brought life from our core team, has brought through us the will of the Lord and the voice of the Lord, and that is wonderful. But we want to officially retire that because we don't believe that in this new landscape that life is supposed to firstly come from that place or only come from that place, which I don't believe it ever has. So we're changing that. And this may not sound like a big jump to you. You're going to go, this is the most boring name change ever. Okay. Are you re ready for this? From core team to lead team. Okay. Whoa. I know. It's, it's cataclysmic. That's my spiritual director. Okay. Okay, so Jesus defines leadership very, very well and very clearly in the Gospels. To lead is to serve, not to be the center of anything. We will forget and we will slip up. It's hard to break a pattern 16 years. And I know we changed the name of our church. That was a doozer, but... And you're going to still call us at times the core team if you've been here. I'm looking at the hunts, you know, 15 years in. I'm like, oh, God, this is not going to happen. But from core team to lead team, and it's intentional because something new is happening. And it's this. And it's us. 
It's all the home churches sitting here. We're a family of many churches, a family of families. And that is going to grow. And we're not going to look the same as we do right now. Praise God. We're going to cross borders and boundaries and welcome new people in. And these ones are not going to generate all that life. They're simply going to serve. And so that's really important for us. And so whilst I give the highest honor imaginable to the core team which has served, today we retire that and we we come into, we squeeze into the middle of a new us, okay? We're just dispersed. I don't even see us in any pattern or form and order. We didn't mean to do that, but that seems appropriate. We want to be an us that serves well the regions and the home churches. And, and uh, I want to explain one thing specifically, because one thing is happening. What is the lead team? If we're an eldership that serves the body, that lays our life down, that directs the affairs of the church, that um, equips, you know, that devotes ourselves in prayer. What is the lead team? The lead team will simply be a delegation from the eldership that vocationally serves and has a certain scope of authority to do that. And so the lead team will continue on vocationally, but we, the ultimate authority in this church is Jesus And then secondly, this eldership as they serve well, all of the leadership teams and home churches. And so it's really important for us. And there's one big change happening to the lead team. And it is that Graham Cato, who has served so brilliantly over the last seven years, is going to be stepping back from lead team as of March and just functioning in our wider non-vocational eldership. And that is, I'm kind of grieving that. But he's heard the Lord, and the reason he said, the Lord said to do it is to make space for younger leaders. Okay, that's huge. That's what people don't do. (laughs) That would be the problem with so much of not understanding legacy in the church, right? So thank you, Graham. That is a true elder. Yes. You're amazing. As I always say, my father in whom I am well pleased. Okay. And the, the younger one, at least in this season, that it, he's making space to step forward is Adam Shirelli. Yes. Yes. So step forward, Adam. Adam has been on the most obnoxious apprenticeship of biblical proportions which was supposed to last one year and has lasted three. <laughs> Sounds like a Jesus number, right? But we didn't do it as well as Jesus. And he has done it with such humility and joy and lack of grasping and patience. And I mean, it's sickening how much this guy's like Jesus. It's just, it challenges me continually. He really is beautiful. Like, Adam Shirelli loves Jesus. Like, unbelievable how he loves the Lord. And he's one of my dearest friends. And God is inviting him under Graham's wing to step into leading a resource team that helps other teams to have 
in the family area, to help with the health and maturity and formation of our body. All of our home churches growing in the image of Jesus, being healthy. And so, Adam, we, we are welcoming you. Thank you for these three years. We're welcoming you onto a lead team. That lead team will continue to function as Katie, David, Adam, Julie, and myself. And then we will be again under the authority and delegated responsibility of this beautiful team of family leaders. Yeah? Okay. Is everyone really confused or are we tracking? Okay, that's the best I could do it. It's a lot. Okay, good. Most people are awake, that's helpful. helpful. Okay, I want to invite up now our oversight team and uh, specifically gonna pass the mic to Joe Steinke. Um, These guys, are incredible. They um, not only help to serve this church, but an entire network of churches in our global family called 24-7 Prayer. 24-7 Prayer has churches around the world, and Julie and I also serve on this team, but obviously we won't serve ourselves. We serve other communities, and they serve as a national USA communities team. So they serve churches like ours and elderships like ours all over the place. They have no written authority. It's not a denominational structure, but we have willingly submitted our lives because they love us well. We've written into our bylaws that we will do that, that we will submit to them and be watched over by them. And because anybody in life who doesn't have that is a scary human being. Like we need people who we will, can say no to us, who love us, who will pray for us, These guys have been that for my entire adult life. Thank you, God. I'm like one of the most, I feel so fortunate. And they've been that to all of us on the team. And so that is some context for our oversight team, 24-7 Communities. And I'm going to pass it to Joe that's going to lead us forward in commissioning. Thanks, Adam. Um, It's a joy to stand here with you on this occasion. Uh, it's been a long journey with these characters. <laughs> so, I mean, not not you guys, but, you know, <laughs> but, but with the rascals, you know. So, um, you know, so we're just gonna we're just gonna get on with it, okay? I've re- I've got a little bit of a three part commissioning. Uh, those of us that are present with the oversight. We're just going to lay hands on you and declare a commission on you. And it's going to be the same commission that Jesus took up out of Isaiah 61. When he opened that scroll and he read from it, he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And then he reads through it. He says, in in your hearing today, the scripture is fulfilled because I'm here. So as they take up this commission, we want to commission them with the same commission of Jesus for that same anointing of the spirit to be upon them. So that'll be first. The second one will be some declarations that you as elders will make and they'll be on the, the, they'll be up there, right? Behind you. So you guys might need to fan out after we lay hands on you so you can see that. And then the third part is going to be a response from all of you. Uh, we're going to read out a congregational um, uh, response of prayer to participate in this moment together of receiving 
this oversight, but also the commission of God upon Nava as the body of Christ. So those are the three movements, okay? I'll guide us through it, so here we go. Um, if I can have Craig and um, Roger, you're gonna just sit? Okay. Uh, so I'm starting, yeah, John's in this, come on over here. All right. Thank you, Lord. So um, just a reminder, guys, I'm doing the first slide. Roger, you're number two. Craig, you're number three. Johan, you're, you're bringing up the rear, but that has nothing to do with your rear. But so, all right, ready? So um, we just anoint all of you with oil and ask for this commission of the Spirit of God to be upon you in this new calling, in this body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, if we can have the first slide up. So the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you because the Lord has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent you to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, for the display of his splendor alone. Amen. If you guys can turn towards the screen here, um, I'm going to have you guys reply and read this aloud together. So this is a prayer for going forth together. So let's read this together. Is Abraham left his home? and the security of all he had known. So we laid down what is past and looked to what is future. As Esther stepped out in faith for such a time as this, so we take courage to do what God has called us to do. As Mary washed Jesus' feet with oil and hair, so we carry with us the lingering scent of the worship another one all right so this is going to be your corporate our corporate response together to read this so um, are these guys in the way of anybody from seeing that all right so let's respond together let's you guys are going to want to read this as well okay so go ahead next slide 
All right. In the communion of the Holy Spirit, and in our oneness in Christ, let us bear one another's burdens as members of God's family until we are full of body and perfectly sound in mind and soul in the new creation that is to come. Christ, you are within each one of us. No walls nor buildings can contain you. It is our own inner being that you have renewed. We are your temple, not made by hands. We are your body. If every wall should crumble and every church building decay, we, O ever-present God, are your dwelling place. Nearer are you than breathing, closer than hands and feet. Ours are the eyes with which you look out with compassion on the world. Take us outside, O Christ, outside our comfort and convenience, out to where spiritual battles rage, and nations class at the crossroads of the world. So shall we, the body of Christ, continue to be sanctified in the service we give to you, in the love of others. We ask this for your own faith. Amen. Just a blessing over all of us now. As Nava, interesting that we are in the season of Advent, and Advent can mean a coming into view, a coming into place, a coming into being. And Nava is experiencing, we are experiencing our own Advent with Christ. There is something coming into view. Something is coming into being, and something is coming into place, and it's God's idea that elders are necessary for this advent to take place. So in this newness and birthing, I simply pray this. Actually, please place your hand on your hearts. Right, right on, man. May you be at peace. May your hearts always be open. May the light of the divine Christ always awaken deep within. May you continually be healed so that you may continually be a source of healing to others. We bless this body, the expression of Christ on earth, in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray that you would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus was speaking of the advent of a new kingdom. He was introducing a new family, a new theocracy, a new creation, a new everything. And he says, boys and girls, things are going to be different now. 
The nations of the world are running around worried about where their provision's coming from. They're worried about where, uh, who's going to feed them. They're worried about what they look like. They're worried about this. They're worried about that. And he says, in my kingdom, you don't have to do that. Because I'm not trying to give you a good life. I'm not trying to give you a beautiful, restful, joyfully, pleasant, tranquil, nice, little, national, dreamy life. I've come to disrupt everything. But you can trust me. Because in my kingdom, if you seek my new creation righteousness, my new creation you'll get everything that you're looking for anyway. And you'll get it in me. And I just pray a blessing over you to be kingdom-seeking freaks for Jesus. That your future, that your finances, that your friendships, those are all Fs. Whatever it is that you seek will decay and not be fruitful unless the Lord himself is at the front center and smack in the middle of that bullseye. I pray that you will be frustrated and not let by any other thing that glitters in your eyeballs but Jesus. Let him glitter. And again, I want to say to you and to that new eldership, seek ye first the kingdom of